new podcast. Oh, okay. It's called Sweat Logic. There are two portions to it. Number one, you both involve exercising, but while you're exercising, you have to you have to take a test, and how whatever score you get on that test is part of your overall score. And then number two is the volume of sweat that you produce. Sweat Logic. Mm, I like I that. Like it. Running laughs and just screaming. There are five houses with five neighbors, yep. and the houses are five different colors. Eleanor does not live to Dennis, yeah. and the well, <laughs> Carlos's uh, car is blue. Here's the thing. You have an hour to do it whatever you want. If you want to take the test in five minutes and then spend oh. 55 minutes working out, go for it. Okay. Okay. So like it's that. a strategy. Yeah. Like for those that. of you listeners out there who wanted the Disney Channel Tipsy panel, pff, tough luck. Welcome to Sweat Logic. Sweat and logic. I think we Sweat through your head and brain uh, through your ears. <laughs> Sweat logic. We're on our way. That's the next line. We're on our way. Sweat logic. Thinking about how much I'm going to sweat today. Do you like Disney? Do you like movies? Do you like friends who watch these movies? Disney Channel. Tipsy Battle. Disney Channel. Welcome to the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel, the podcast where we watch and review all the DCOMs from A to Xenon. My name is Brandon, and I sleep in the nude. My name is James, and I sleep upside down like a bat. My name's Brennan, and does anyone want to pick my scab? <laughs> Do we have a friend? Is, is there somebody in the closet? Oh, we got to let you out. Okay. Okay. That's my impression of the mummy from the... Oh, no, no. I got it. I got okay. it. Just in case you didn't get it. I'm explaining it. That's Ryan. Guys, it's been a minute. How's everybody doing? Feel great. Yeah. I feel identical how I've always felt. Same here. I think that's good. Um... We can't go any further, though, because we have a guest, and we have to introduce our guest. Um, this guest is a friend of the show. She is a New Jersey denizen, Not a piece of shit. Um, and we're very glad that she's here to talk about mummies. Please welcome Tori Burmeister. Yay! Woo it's really unsettling to hear myself described as a denizen of New Jersey because... I, I couldn't it say, makes it feel really official. I couldn't say native, but so I just had to pull that one out of my <laughs> out of my ass. Yeah, Denison's no, it's big. it's it's a great description. It's just crazy to have it be that official that I I do live here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're very close to our our little town of New York City, but we're very happy. It's a hell to have of a you. town. Thank you for joining us. Um, let me ask you about decoms. What's your history with decoms? You like them? You hate them? What's going on? Uh, I love a decom. I watched so many of them. I would watch them when they were new. I would watch them when they were rerunning. Uh, yeah, a lot of decom history in my past. I will say, you know, there are some that I would just turn off, you know, can't even remember which ones, but I watched, uh, the one about the basketball players a lot. Luck of the uh, other teams. Luck of the Irish. 
No, no, that's, uh, not, that's only yeah. every decom ever made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If it doesn't have aughts. basketball. No, they're really tall twins. Yeah, uh, double team, double teamed. That double wasn't teamed. a joke. It's called double team. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember. Um, yeah, that one's great. That that one really sticks out in my mind. Motocross. That was like a feminist Ooh. awakening Ooh. for yeah. me. Classic. Really. I think good you guys one. just did that one pretty recently. Yeah, I mean, as recently as as any of them, I guess. We took a little break. Um, sorry to our listeners who are expecting episodes, waiting by their devices every Monday morning for another one. Uh, we've been away for a little bit, but we're back, and um, we don't plan on slowing down. It might happen, we were, but we don't we plan We were on, on a paternal and maternal leave. Mm-hmm. When yeah. will my podcast return from war? <laughs> <laughs> Big, big We're busy working on Podcast the Musical. <laughs> that was our big life event, Podcast the Musical. And for Podcast the Musical, Ryan engaged in holy matrimony, the holiest of matrimonies. Yeah, I married James. Yep. Very and, happy. And we were pulled out of Afghanistan, me and Ryan. That's where the ceremony was. Yeah, on a C-130. Oh, yeah, that's you, what you happened. a difficult time. That's what all that hullabaloo was about. Yeah, it was... It was all right. We got a deal. It was a Ryan great is, deal. Ryan is now my husband. He's my spouse. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, James is now my husband or my spouse, spouse. if and you we, prefer it. We're wholly wedded matrimonially. You guys look good together. Thanks. Very nice. Um, I think it's time to talk about the movie. What movie was this? Um, under the one with the twins. The twins. <laughs> diddly, diddly, <laughs> no, no twins here. Oh, this um, wasn't double teamed? <laughs> no. It was under wraps, silly. Under wraps. The mm. very first officially Disney Channel original movie. I will be back in an hour and 34 minutes. <coughs> what, to watch Is the movie? Is that true? I feel like we've said that before. What, the very first one? Yeah. Okay, so so there is some discrepancy, and Disney Channel's not going to confirm it. Um, we we go on like a two month hiatus, and we started off with a lie. <laughs> so so here's the deal. Disney Channel has said before that Northern Lights was a Disney Channel original movie, the Diane Keaton one where she's smoking cigs all the time. Um, but when they did their like hundred decoms celebration in preparation for um, Adventures in Babysitting, they started with Under Wraps. They didn't acknowledge Northern Lights because it's got Diane Keaton smoking cigarettes. The big wigs at Disney don't want you to know that smoking is cool. <laughs> yeah. Fuck and, yeah, it is. And as soon as you see Diane Keaton light one up, you you run out and you, and you ask for the, the biggest pack of cools they got. I don't <laughs> have what she's having. <laughs> So not a lie, just um, a little confusing information. But anyway, this is under wraps. Um, it came out in 1997. Um, it's got the girl from True Confessions. It's got a pre-SpongeBob Patrick, um, Bill, Bill Fagerback. Fagerback. Yep, Bill Fagerback is um, the mummy. And, and this- also the cool fa- uh, stepfather. That was him? Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, we'll get oh, into that. Well, that yeah, that confirms my theory. Yeah, absolutely. The theory that James has never seen SpongeBob before in his life. Uh, the, yeah, I, I was gonna say that the theory is the father, the father figure of this movie. Right. Um, but the mummy. I said the theory is the father. <laughs> but yes, go back. 
um, James, go back and just listen to some of the goofy sounds the mummy makes, and and you'll hear well, Patrick. Immediately. No, no, no. I I knew that it was definitely Patrick as the mummy, but was he the stepdad? Yes, he's. Yeah. Um, that's what, what I didn't get. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Okay, yeah. he does yeah. both of them. I did not catch that because right. I don't know what he looks like. Okay, yeah, he looks like that. Um, he's in another one too. He's in the Ultimate Christmas Present. He's one yes. of the tall elves. Yes, yeah. he is. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, he's, he's got a couple decoms under his belt, uh, both before SpongeBob. But anyway, 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 anyway. Um, this movie is that classic, like, take a dog home and sneak him away from your parents, but it's a mummy. That's, that's pretty much it. Before we get into the movie, we're called Tiptoe for a reason. Why, why is, that? is that? Oh, why is that? Jingle, jingle. Clink, clink. Drink in a plastic cup. James made me a drink already, but I don't know what it is. I've drank it, and it's really good, but I want to be surprised. Um, I think I taste Sprite, but I'm, I want to be surprised. James, what's this drink? It's Sprite and gluten. I knew it. Um, <laughs> so I did some research, and this will be the first time that I talk about a drink that I didn't make for the podcast. Mm. So this drink is called The Mummy, and it's pretty simple. It's uh, two ounces of vodka, an ounce of triple sec, and an ounce of lemon juice. Uh, and then topped with soda water, there's like seltzer in there. So it is kind of like a Sprite thing. But in my research, there was a drink called the Bloody Mummy, <laughs> which was just a Bloody Mary. And then to make it look like the wraps of a mummy, they just put string cheese. Uh... <laughs> and I'm going to go on the record right now and say, if you want to add string cheese to this drink or any drinks that we've made previously or any drinks in the future, it is now forever an optional ingredient in every drink. String cheese. Go I feel for free it. to throw it in. I need to see somebody do this. Listeners, please. We have a whole recipe book out of many of our drinks from the past. It's on our Instagram at Disney Channel Tipsy Panel. If you make one of these drinks and you mummify it, I oh my God, James is showing me a picture now. <laughs> it looks gross. It looks like prosciutto. Oh, yeah. that looks... Bloody mummy. Yeah. It's oh like lasagna. God. Feel free to mummify any drink. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Incredible. Make um, the one with Baiju. Make it with... Uh, String cheese. Oh, but, wow. It looks like something you could get at, like, TGI Fridays. Yeah. 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 In, it really does. In a weird way, I get it. Yeah, I actually feel like I would drink slash eat that. that. I love a Bloody Mary. That's I think like it's, pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like it, pizza. Oh, yeah. It's like a pizza I drink. Just, I understand why someone did that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I do. But um, it's not a hard no, is what I'm saying. It's like a probably, yeah. What's that? What's that Jurassic Park line? Um, you were so concerned about whether or not you could, you never stopped to think about if you should. Yeah. That's how I feel about the plummy money. Has science gone too far? Yeah. So yeah. Cheers, uh, Drink finds up. Away. Yes, cheers, everybody. Please decom responsibly. Cheers. Even when I don't. Let's talk about the movie. Um, um, I don't think there's anything to, to specify in the plot beyond what we already said. He's a mummy. He doesn't talk. Uh, people are scared of him. They have to hide him. Um, and there are bad guys. The bad guys wear okay. leather jackets. I do want to talk about the bad guys at some point. I don't know if you want to save this for later. I have like a big question about the bad guys. Okay. Um, I do think we should start from the beginning because... Let's do it. This is the most shocking 
beginning of a decom I've ever seen. Yes. I absolutely fanatically loved the beginning of this movie. It's really great. It's like like an 80s B-movie setup. It's got our favorite man, Tom Virtue. Tom Virtue. And um, it's it's this it's a movie in a movie. It's called Warthead, and he's no. Ju- it's called it's called Warthead for a day in the country. <laughs> ah, are they even in the country? It looks like I a wrote very down suburban the name house. From the marquee. It looks That's like so yeah, good. just like a suburban ranch, um, and not like a country ranch, like a ranch style home. Right. War uh, Warthead is just like a, a Cronenbergian nightmare. Um, but the, the movie setup is very simple. Um, Tom Virtue tells his son, there's no such thing as monsters. And then when he's alone, he drops a knife in the garbage, like a steak knife in the garbage yeah. disposal. Handle side in. So the knife is just spinning around in his sink. It's clanking around. And then Wardhead bursts in through the window and pushes Tom Virtue's head down onto the knife. This is brutal. Like we don't, you, all you see is his head being pushed down, but like, any child can put two and two together and realize that this is a terrifying scenario. It's also one minute into the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but Diane Keaton smoking Adobe isn't okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Adobe. The sponge. Yeah, I, got, I know. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Just making up my own slang. Smoking Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, it's crazy. <laughs> Um, but that sets up our two main characters, which are the two main boys of any 90s movie. The Alex hey, P. Keaton lookalike and the nerd. Yeah, you got, look, this movie, you got three main players. You got Leader Boy, you got Geeky Boy, and you have capital T, the, and capital G, girl. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she's she's very spunky. She's got a lot of sass on and her. And she's wearing a training bra. Oh, yeah. Which was mentioned in the movie. That was a really incredible line. You want to know what else was mentioned in the movie? Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. This is like minute two. (laughs) Minute one is is Tom Virtue's death, and minute two is Nazis. And then Wendell, the geeky boy, is like... Nazis don't dance, but that would be really cool. (laughs) Love talking about You know what? That's that's what they were really missing. I'm not like those, those nerdy Nazis. I'm a cool Nazi. I Gilbert actually uh, co-produced the producers, so that's what he's talking about. That, yep, there it is. Those Nazis, dancing Nazis. Um, and then they establish what's his name, Marshall. Kubar, Marshall, Kubat. oh Kubat. Kubat, Kubat, the the creepy old man, um, and he's got a basement of curios, and. I don't know. It's that that whole. So first minute is dead guy dies. Second minute is Nazis. Third minute is the most useless exposition I've ever heard. They're just talking about how Gilbert knows who I already forgot his name. Kubat. Yeah. Um, And it's because there's a paper route and he hasn't paid for the paper route. I don't know. None of two years. Yeah. He hasn't paid. Yeah. At this of- point in the movie, Kubat has two ways to go, right? He could be old hermit who lives alone, who has a heart of gold, and everyone's afraid of him for no reason. Sandlot. Sandlot. Yeah, James Earl Jones. Or he could be genuinely evil. And I think the movie does a really good job at setting up immediately, like, no, this guy's really bad by having him laugh at children screaming in terror from his home. He keeps um, a dog on a, nice a chain. Touch. Yeah, he like sticks yeah. a dog on children. And it's like, ah. Yeah. 
Pretty good. He, thinks this, he gets a real kick out of it. Sicko. Okay, um, forgetting about Kubot for a minute. Um, our establishing of Marshall, the, the main boy, the, the Alex P. Keaton lookalike, is that he's the cool guy. He's too cool to dress up for Halloween because that's for kids. However, his room is a spirit Halloween. Yeah. It is yeah. full of life-size ghouls and goblins, gargoyles and ghosts. And we're supposed to believe that he doesn't want to dress up as Halloween. This kid went out and bought a $400 wart head costume like right before this movie. He just wants to look cool in front of his nerd friend. You said well, how, dress up how would as you like? Halloween. He's dressing if, up as Halloween. Yeah, your whole personality was was trolls, those little troll naked dolls. And then one day out of the year, everybody gets in it. Wouldn't you feel to be made a mockery? Okay, you know what? Good point. This is a lifestyle choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my lifestyle, not your prom dress. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in uh, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, all the like ghouls and goblins don't come out on Halloween because they think exactly what Brennan said, that it's a mockery of their day-to-day lives. So, Of course. You know what disappoints me? We never get to meet Gilbert's mom. I know, oh. I'm obsessed with Gilbert's mom. Esmeralda. She's Esmeralda. She role plays, and you could only call her by those names. There's a yeah. father who apparently exists and just has to deal with all of this. Um, yeah, she, no. She, they say she takes her dolls to the movies, and yeah. then the capital T, capital G, the girl, which I do forget her name. That's Amy. 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 Amy goes, she even bought, she buys them popcorn. And he goes, that was just once. Once is enough. She's poor Gilbert. She needs help. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I am like very, like, I wish there was a whole movie about Gilbert's home life because I think there is a lot of material there. Oh, definitely. Um, but actually I, I did want to address something there. So I'm going to, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Um, Kubat dies, quote unquote dies. Um, the kids break into his basement because that's a cool thing that kids do. And they find okay, the, the sarcophagus with the mummy. The way yes. they break into that basement, there's no way those two children could hold that other children the way they did without breaking both of his legs. Oh, like ankles ankles first? Yeah, while he's dangling like, upside an- down. Ankles his first. His shins like, like angled against the concrete wall. Back at a 90 degree angle away from the rest of him. It's like the guy who got trapped in the cave and then died. Yeah, yeah, no, Alex, it's exactly like Google that. Google Nutty Putty. <laughs> no thanks. Okay. Here it comes. <laughs> I promise. But they find the mummy. Um, the mummy comes to life. Um, they're scared, but then they're not scared because he's very sweet and very kind and very nice, and he likes he likes Marshall's G Shock, and. Then they're like, "Oh, we're gonna keep him. We're gonna come back tomorrow, and we're gonna we're gonna care for him." Yeah, like, like he's a puppy. Right. So obviously, they, their next plan is like, "We gotta keep him. We gotta put him somewhere. We can't just keep coming to this this house of a dead guy." The obvious choice here is he goes home with Gilbert, because Gilbert's mom is just totally on another planet, and I don't think she would think twice about it. Oh, but she'd for, probably be like thrilled. Yeah, but for some reason, that's not an option. Yeah. Crazy to me. The only reason it's not an option is because they didn't have an actress to play Esmeralda. And I, for one, am disappointed. Oh, my God. Who would play Esmeralda? I'm Lisa Kudrow. It's Lisa Kudrow. 
I think Parker oh. Posey. Okay, Parker Posey is a good choice. <laughs> good choice. Yeah, these. Uh... Or Jennifer Coolidge would be really good. <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge. God, you're such a strong man. That's what she says to the mummy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on it. I'll get there. It was identifiably Jennifer Coolidge, but only because we said her name. One one day, I'll nail it. I'll la- I'll nail it just like Ariana Grande can do it. Okay, we Tori, got the... do you okay. come from money? Do I what come from money? Yeah, I'm just I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I'm just trying to fill the, the silence. Wait, hold on. Um, we we got the movie up in our studio, and the the most important character just showed up on the screen. Um, he's so important. I don't even remember his name. Um, he's he's a little oh, goblin, this, little the redheaded little exposition goblin. kid. Yes, exposition kid. Oh shit, that's I, I, Wendell, right? Or is that ah, uh, it's Tucker or something? Little boy, Leonard. 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 So Leonard is easily the best character in this movie. He is definitely someone's child who they just put in the movie. His opening line is, "Want to see me pick my scab?" Yeah. And they're like, not now, Leonard. <laughs> and then and then Amy makes fun of him holding a blanket. And his delivery here is absolutely perfect. I'm going to try to nail it as best I can. He goes, this isn't a blanket. It's a rag. I carry it around in case I have to wipe something up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a small mixture between like Linus and like a little rascal <laughs> and like a garbage pail kid. This child is not real. He is an animatronic that they built yes. for this movie. Yeah, I'd like to know how they got that kid as an actor oh, because man. that was so good. Let's look him up. Has he done anything no, else? No, this is the only thing he did. I looked it up. Oh, it's yes. just this. Oh, he's so bad at it. He was destined for greatness. He could have truly been like the guy, the like the guy who works at the grocery store in any Judd Apatow movie. Like he could yep. have just been that random guy they bump into in one scene who steals the show. But no. He 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 went out on a high note. This was it for him. He ended his acting career prematurely, and you know what? I respect him for it. He's listed as a cinematographer for a film called Zero Percent. Whoa. It looks like a zombie movie. Nice. Cool. I wanna see it. It's like this movie imprinted on him at such a young age and that influenced him to continue in the horror genre, but just take it in another direction, you know? I think you're right. He was like, this is it. This is what movies are. I'm sure no one makes movies about anything else except for zombies, mummies, and banshees. Garbage disposal knife. (laughs) Garbage disposal knife. Jesus Christ. Oh, briefly, before we lose the thread of banshees, I'm sorry, but a scarecrow is not a banshee. I don't. When yeah, he they had a whole banshees to Amy. He's like, it's a, like a scarecrow, but. But a sexy one. Yeah. <laughs> I thought banshees were like, like just a violent ghost. No, they like, scream. Yeah, That's what they, they do. They're like they screaming scream. spirit things. Yeah, okay. It's a For Irish the listeners lore. at home, I'm flinging my hand around uh, like a in banshee. a spiritual way, like a banshee. Very ethereal. Yeah. Um, oh, I also want to say one of my first impressions of Harold the Mummy was that he is fucking yoked. 
Oh yeah. It's big. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's he's swole. What's he been doing in that sarcophagus to keep that <laughs> two, stature? Two things. Kegels. Uh, it's all kegels. Push-ups and learning English. Yeah, he Which knows. he understands perfectly, but does not speak. Until the end, where he kind of does. Yeah. He's like, yes! I think he could say bye, too. Bye. 3,000 years, and he picked up Yes. Bye. I mean, when it's hard to hear through the, the sarcophagus. It's true. I mean, it's like everybody said when quarantine started, like, if you don't get the projects done now, it's not that you didn't have time before. It's that you didn't have motivation. And I think Harold needs to hear that. You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. Harold's trying. He so I think they raise the question when they go and look up what mummies do. But I kind of wonder what does a mummy like? Why are they so bad? And I think that is the whole crux of this movie. But like, what are they? They for some reason they they always move super slow because they're all stiff and dead and wrapped in bandages. <laughs> I would think they would be really weak because they've just decayed over time. Yeah, I don't think the thing is that mummies are bad. I think the thing is that they're scary. I, I don't they're know like, that. But they try and like they try and get you. Well, I believe it's that their burial ground has been disturbed. Yeah. I think that's usually what it is. I'm no, I'm no Fraser head. That's someone who loves Brendan Fraser. But um, if I had to guess from any mummy movie, I think the thing is that like they've unleash the mummy's curse by disturbing whatever place they went into. But I think they're just misunderstood. I, I appreciate Brandon what Frazier? you've yes, said absolutely, here. Absolutely. But very much. I think that maybe they appear to be trying to get you with their outstretched arms, but it's just that they're stiff. Every On the other hand, like imagine that you have an internal resting place and then a bunch of like rich tourists come and dig you up and are like Whoa, cool, a mummy. I would also be like, wow, fuck you. I'm gonna getcha. <laughs> yeah, I'd be pissed like, too. Granted, I am basing this research on Scooby-Doo. I'm not gonna lie. Mm. Well, that's a really useful resource. It's a primary yeah. source. Hey, no, absolutely. They knew more about spooky, scary stories and monsters than anybody else. It's they true. were the authority. And but they were never real. They were just guys in masks. Excuse right? me. Somebody here hasn't seen Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Well, I have seen that. Because <laughs> it's, it's terror time again. again. Okay, yeah, you've seen it. You're a real head. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about the stakes in the movie, which okay. are as high as they've ever been for a DCOM. Uh, because yeah. if, if the children don't get the mummy in his coffin... Then he dies again. Then he nothing dies. Happens. Yeah, nothing but, happens. But if he, but if they do get him in his coffin, he dies. Remains dead. <laughs> he remains dead. Okay. Peacefully. I'm glad you guys yeah. were paying attention. Yeah, he has a resting place that is not him being a pillar of dust. A pillar of dust. <laughs> I mean, he's already a pillar. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say. That sounds kind of cool to be a pillar of dust. Isn't that yeah, like some intense. biblical thing? Do we pillar have that? Salt. Yeah. Do we have the Lost Jesus wife? writer on this show again? I mean, oh. the writer of this movie uh, here, I can confirm the writer of this movie is Don Reimer, who also wrote Big Mama's House 2. <laughs> the best one. Wow. Um, and Santa Claus 2. 
all, sequel and guy, huh? Sa- Santa Claus and mummies. And also Big Mama. And Big they, Mama. They're all the same. They're, it's a triumvirate of mythology. A lot of makeup for this guy. Yep. They bring him in on the makeup projects. Yeah. And where the dialogue is just... Yeah. Yeah, right. That is like in sp- Big Mama's house, too. That's like one of the <laughs> yeah. one of their catchphrases. Yeah, that's a spot-on impersonation of Big Mama and also Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, hey. Let's do a a decom F-bomb. Oh, I got one. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. For those of you who don't know, it has been a while. Uh, If this were a PG-13 movie, you get to drop the F-bomb once. Let's drop it. I'll do it. Yeah. So, uh, there's one scene where they're trying to... They located the sarcophagus. And they keep calling it a coffin. That's... I don't... Maybe I'm getting into semantics here where I don't know what I'm talking about. No, they are different. A coffin, but I've a never mummy seen sarcophagus flop. It's true, but a mummy <laughs> yeah. is in a sarcophagus. I thought, or they are they in a coffin? They're in a sarcophagus. They're in a no, sarcophagus. they're in a sarcophagus. They keep calling it a coffin. Yeah, and what's his name? Um, uh, comic book guy. Oh, uh, Bruce. He corrects well, them. Okay. Actually, he well, mansplains them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But anyway, so they've located it. It's in the villain's warehouse, and. They're like, all right, we'll go get it. And I think that it is Gilbert who is like, what are we got? All we got is a 300 pound mummy, 300 pound mummy and a bunch of may- and a, ma- a pair of Mayor McCheese binoculars oh because God. he got they're using binoculars he got from McDonald's. So obviously all we got is a 300 pound mummy and a pair of fucking Mayor McCheese binoculars. Mayor. Um, James, McCheese. I almost did the same one. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I can't believe they got the rights to say that. Mayor McCheese binoculars probably did not. It was delightful. It brought oh. me a lot of joy, that line. Yeah, that was really good. My F bomb is, is very basic. I'm sure it popped into everybody's heads, but they're discussing the fact that mummies are celibate, and Gilbert, a little, our, our little waif, says, What's celibate? And Amy would obviously say, Means he doesn't fuck. Yeah, that's a good waif. one. <laughs> um, I guess in yeah. that same vein, too, they're at the dance, and some sultry woman pulls the mummy out mm, to dance, yes. and um, one of the child crew says oh but he's celibate and the woman be like yeah like fuck he is (laughs) (laughs) remember ryan it's not just any woman it's cleopatra right yeah yeah Yeah. that's why how could i forget like he he bows at her feet and he and her actual line is like not to not not for long or something Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. which is yeah intense decom puts her hands like on his arm yeah i think it was his chest yeah it was pretty risque for a kid's movie yeah all of it, actually. You love to see it. My mine was in that same scene where uh, the Cleopatra gets mad at the mummy, probably because he's not used to modern customs. So as he walks away, she goes, "Hey, ugly!" And then he turns around and she goes, "Good. Now that you know what you look like, let's fucking dance." Wow! Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> There's a moment in the movie when Marshall is very dejected about progress with the mummy pot. And he says, what's the point, right? I'm going to bed. And I thought it would be really funny if he said, what's the point, right? Fuck it. I'm going to bed. (laughs) (laughs) 
he had that in his back pocket. Like after they got the right take, but something went wrong and they had to reshoot it. He said it. He dropped that. Just like, hey, 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 director Greg Beeman, can can I say <laughs> fuck just once? Can I say it, please, please? It's like I don't care. They said it all the time on that other movie I directed, The Santa Claus Two. <laughs> <laughs> That's our decom F bomb. Hey, speaking of Marshall um, and just 90s movies in general, how come 90s child protagonists love saying the phrase, what do you say? Because these <laughs> movies are written by like middle aged New Yorkers. Yeah, what people who say? like grew up in the 60s came to. The what do you say? The sarcasm in everyone's lines, A, I think doesn't land as much on kids as no. it does on adults. And B is not what kids say. Like when they're looking for uh, the mummy, I think Marshall says to Amy, he's like, he's like, have you ever seen a dead body before? And she goes, Oh yeah, we got dead bodies at home. You should come over sometime. We use them to make forts. Like she has like a loaded quip, like a, it's like a 40 year old man said it. Yeah. Yeah, how about when the answer to one of the kids' questions is the IRS took it and they just accept that as yeah. Ask an any of those children what IRS stands for. Ask oh, me, yeah. I don't even know. The Internal Revenue Service, you know, the ones that uh, take all your shit, you know them. Ah, they take all your shit. What right. do you say? What do you say? <laughs> what do you say? What do you say? Give me another chance. What do you say? Yeah, we'll, we'll, hit, rest, the, we'll hit the links you? and uh, go hit the back nine. What do you say? They're oh all God. Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> Here's the line that actually stands out to me most. I, I look back through my notes. Here it is. Um, somebody, I don't remember who, says that the mummy looks like their uncle. And Amy, in response, says, your aunt must be ready to open a vein. Wow. wow. I missed that. I yeah. totally missed that. Fuck. That's a good one. Your aunt wants to kill herself yeah. is the line that little Clara Bryant delivered. Your aunt is going to intentionally exsanguinate herself. Yeah. <laughs> Open a vein. Oh, my God. That's extreme. Yeah, that is extreme. I think, um, in, I think in terms of the most disturbing things in this movie, first is still Tom Virtue getting his face fucked up by a knife. <laughs> a garbage disposal knife. A garbage knife. disposal knife. And second is... is Amy saying, your aunt must be ready to open a vein. Because wasn't her there, husband's so ugly. Wasn't there a gun in this movie? There yeah, was. Yeah. there was. A gun in my notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do really love the point in these like old DCOMs where like, just to introduce a little bit of tension, the bad guy just pulls out a gun. And the bad guy always thinks like, I could deal with this without a gun. And eventually they get really tired of trying to, you know, handle these miscreants. And so he pulls out a gun. It's a very tiny one, though. It Noisy is. cricket. Yeah. It's a little snub nose revolver. I yeah. bet it couldn't even open a vein. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the catalyst for um, acknowledging the tension between Marshall and Amy. Yeah. Which also, Amy's too good for both of these kids. I don't know why she's hanging out with them. She's a, a head taller than both of them. Yep. And um, is the only one that has, like, any real sense. Like, Gilbert Pretenzi does, but he's out doing all this stuff, too. Her style as well, like, is impeccable. Um, I think all of her outfits, the flannel tied around the waist constantly. 
love mm-hmm. it. At one point, she's wearing like a shirt that's tie dye and has off brand Oreos on it. Loved it. Um, wow. The dress she's wearing in the last scene, incredible. I would wear that. Yes. I thought yeah, she was an I remember icon. That was cool. Yeah. She they, um, she just had zingers like you wouldn't believe. Disney truly had a hold on teen girl fashion for like 15 years. Did I, they? I, yeah, no, they I, really I feel did. like it was. Yeah, but I feel like it was. Well, I guess Brayden is the teen girl authority here. And I mean oh, that please, he, please, please no, no, because he. Please rephrase that. <laughs> because, because he has five younger sisters. Um, oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> nice. And in, in in my humble opinion, I feel like it was a manufactured uh, like chokehold they had on fashion because it's like I mean Tori, you probably agree. It's like who was actually wearing who was actually wearing four layered camis and a and a cropped vest to school. Yeah, I, I mean, wish I, I had. Say, been. I actually feel like I saw some of that, but it was like always like a toned down. Like you would wear a cami over a t-shirt, or you would wear a smaller t-shirt over a longer t-shirt. Like a uh, barrel curled hair every day with like a huge <laughs> flower in it. That yeah, that's uh, that's beyond me. I don't, I did not see any of that. And it's like it's like neon orange and neon blue. I think a lot of these styles were just in the Disney realm until Hannah Montana came out. And then it became like, okay, yeah, no, we can do this now. Like, it's it's not just on TV. Hannah Montana's part of my life. Yeah, because True. of what I innocently said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. No one's going to know what you're talking about. I'm going to leave that in because it's my choice. I, uh, I, I don't think it was a bad thing. My podcast, um, my choice. My podcast, my choice. I'm going to cut that out. I think these styles of dress were similar to the writing that is put in by older people. Yeah. It's like the costume designer is like, yeah, this is what children wear and is fashionable because they see it at like whatever Montreal fashion week or some shit where, you know, nobody actually dresses like a normal human being. So I think it was just a product of um, the imagination of these like middle aged costume I, designers i think someone doing the budget for for disney channel accidentally added an extra zero to the <laughs> costume department for the yeah. year and they were like i guess i'll just buy instead of buying one shirt i guess i'll buy eight shirts well this <laughs> this decom started the trend like they missed it on this one and then every time they went for the budget they would just they were like all right rinse and repeat whatever we paid plus a couple percent and then it was like, oh, you know, by 2010, the T-shirt budget on this thing is out of control. It's ludicrous. <laughs> yeah, I have not been able to find reliable information on the budgets of these movies, but most of them seem to be at or under $5 million. That yeah. seems like so much. That's like a pretty huge budget I know. for movies I, 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 that I, I, are I like... I don't know. I it, mean, you, it, have to pay, you have to pay union rates for every, like, um, you know, every person on that's working on set. And that's like 70 people right there. Um, then, yeah, I mean, you don't have to pay the kids that much, but you have to pay any of the adults, like, a working rate. Um, you're doing this for, like, six weeks. I don't know. Like, it, it, it seems reasonable. Yeah, I guess also in those 
days of cable too. Like you think about what a TV pilot costs, like they would order, you know, like eight or nine episodes of a show. Like that's several million and that's, uh, yeah, I guess it's close. I don't even know if they did eight or nine. This is, I mean, cable, like, Oh, but yeah, cable. You're right. Yeah, by yeah. by your second season, you had 28 episodes. The first season yeah. was probably like 16. Yeah, at fewest. True, but wouldn't they do like the first half, and then if it's doing well, they produce the second oh, half? Yeah, called, like, yeah, the back you're right, nine, you're right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Good point. But I guess they're willing to put, you know, a couple, several million into what is essentially a chance. But then I think the advantage with this is, unlike a TV show, you could play this again and again and again. They get a lot of reusable value from these. Oh, I remember Friday nights were like decom nights, and yeah. it, whichever one was on as a kid, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm watching it." Yeah, it's a movie. Yeah, yeah, I was the same way. And actually, I remembered the promo they would play before Under Wraps because Leonard goes, "Cool, that's a mummy," and I remember that being in the ads for this movie and being like, "Yeah, okay, I'm gonna watch it." There's a mummy. You missed a big <laughs> yellow truck. <laughs> He wouldn't give me ice cream. <laughs> oh, my God. That reminds me of easily the worst lines in this movie where Leonard drops, like, oh, that big yellow truck wouldn't give me ice cream. And all of the kids just have a, a crazy mind meld where they're like, oh, What the did it say? Like, oh, this one ice cream, this one brand of ice cream trucks, their trucks are yellow. And the other kid's like, yeah, and they keep them all at the warehouse down here. Like, how do you know yeah. where they keep the ice cream trucks? Out by the because orchards. Out by the orchards. That's his role, is to be the exposition kid. Oh, my God. His Gilbert. In life. Gilbert, Gilbert, Gilbert. What have you What has Esmeralda done to you? <laughs> I like oh. how uh, the museum is a major scene in this movie, because mummies equal history equal museum. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I could think of a... I can't think of a single mummy in pop culture... That's not like inextricably tied to history. Like it well, has to come up because yeah. yeah, it's all archaeologists that find them. Right. This this scene made me very uneasy as well as like the explanation of mummy lore because it was like, oh, OK, like even if we're not outright offensive here, like this is this is pretty culturally insensitive, right? Oh, uh, sure. Just walking into like a museum something. and looking at a slab and just reading it like the holy text the girl mummy has like boobs and oh my god the girl mummy has boobs his blue eyeliner (laughs) like that was a lot for me to take in i was like oh damn also what if we made the mummy sexy that way they they know it's a woman (laughs) like Um, we've already established that harold fucks so we better give him some hot mummy yeah, but he, needs it a, was... he needs a nice wrapped up bimbo to go home to. <laughs> yeah, that part was like maybe straight up offensive. <laughs> also, the rest of the movie did a pretty good job at like just being silly and fun. So Harold's goal, <laughs> other than just, you know, getting Wait, back who's into... Harold? The mummy. The mummy. The mummy. Yeah, they call him Harold. The mummy. What? Okay, he doesn't need a name. The mummy. Oh, which one? (laughs) Harold. Oh my god, I didn't even think of that. And why Harold? That's like that's like when you get a rescue dog, and you know you're supposed to give it like a different name, but like no, we're just gonna call him Harold. It made me think of Harry and the Hendersons. Like it's it's just the same thing. It is more formal name. As much as he is like Marshall's dog, is also like Marshall's stepfather. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and point. also good literally point. is being played by Marshall's stepfather. So I think that there's like a lot of layers that Disney is working in there. We're like, of course he has a name. Like, of course they are emotional about their goodbye. You know, this is... Is that what happened, or were they like boss? We're like approaching the five million mark, and we haven't cast this uh, stepfather <laughs> character yet. Yeah, I feel like uh, they just, could have done a lot more. Just give with, it to the mummy. I feel like they could have do- done a lot more with him being the same guy than just yeah. like sometimes say he's big, like Ted. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What um, if it is? What if it is Ted? It could be. Like you never see them. He's trying. He's trying to get closer yeah. to uh, the boy, the leader boy. Also, I mean, it's a trope, but like really missed opportunity to have them like, you know, one on a green screen and like have them like in the same room, but just missing each other. Yep. Yeah. That's very easy to do. Yeah. Ted should have been a doctor at the hospital when the mummy like walks in and someone's like, oh, it's a. It's a burn victim. victim. Yeah. Yeah. I loved, I loved the hospital hijinks. I thought that was perfectly executed. Also, we don't, we don't need a green screen. He's in a mummy. Put me in the mummy costume. I'll play the mummy for two minutes. Yeah. Very good point. Because Brennan, you're six, seven and 300 pounds. (laughs) It's it's all angles, baby. (laughs) Peter Jackson did it. Why couldn't the director of this thing do it? Uh, With the stepdad, ooh, stepdad mummy, comparison is that have we covered the dad hour you mean the decom stepdad decom hour def stepdad. it's time the decom dad hour uh we talk about the dad we give him a rating um I'm i mean a- i think ted's great ted tries yeah, hard I was, yeah i, was really I don't think he tries ted. he doesn't try too hard no he, he he's really very earnest he's yeah. like hey let's watch a movie you're like let's eat some ice cream like i i bought some ice cream let's just hang out he doesn't like push it He's very respectful, and Marshall's like, no way, I'm going to bed. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right. Yeah. yeah. I- I'm going to dock him, though, for bringing the ice cream just in his hands into the living room. Without a, just, without a bucket. Just yeah. like he scooped it out with his hands. He wanted to feed it to Marshall. Without, no, he, without a bucket. He had <laughs> the, the container, and he just walked out with it, and he was like, yeah, dude, I thought we'd have some ice cream. <laughs> okay. A, um, so you give him, what, like an A-? minus? Yeah. Okay. A minus. Just for ice cream handling. That's, that's, yeah. that's fine. Sure. Yeah. I, I could agree with that. Yeah. But I'm going to give uh, Garbage Disposal Knife Dad a, a D. Because He's going to protect his family. He was me- and he was mean to his kid. He was mean yeah, to his Yeah, he shamed kids. his kid for, like, having fear as an emotion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he got killed, so joke's on him. He did yeah. the dishes, though, which is why he didn't totally fail. He yeah. told his wife, mm. I'll take care of that. But he didn't even take care of it. He dropped a knife in the disposal and then he died. Handle first. <laughs> yeah. So I when I saw that, I think I went, oh. Like <laughs> I, and now I have a new fear. <laughs> I can't believe how much this mummy gets hit hit on on this movie. Like Yeah, he's a sexy mummy. Is it really just tallness for you ladies yeah, out there? I think is that it's all just it is? He's tall, yeah. I see the Twitter discourse. Actually, I think part of it is he's tall and he has on high karate. Oh, yeah, it's definitely the high karate. I had to look up high karate. What's high karate? It was a it's, fragrance, like a cologne that was oh, from the, it was available for like 20 years, from like the 60s to the 80s. Yeah. Made by Pfizer, like which is kind of a weird like, thing. Whoa. What? It was like famously once like kind of classy, and then in the 80s, like it's what all teen boys wore. Yeah. So it's like really funny that Marshall has this like expired bottle of high karate under his bed. Like he's clearly like, someday yeah. I'm going to hit on girls. <laughs> 
and I'm going to wear this high karate and they're going to be seduced instantly. You know what? Definite. It's not mentioned, but it's definitely like a purchase, like a handed down from his father. Like his yeah, father had it sure. and then it became a team boy thing and it sat on his father's like nightstand forever. And then when his son turned like 11, he was like, here you go. What, yeah. what happened to dad? What happened to- he, they're divorced. They're They've divorced, just been yeah. divorced for three years. That's well, that, And then he doesn't, doesn't come around anymore. Oh, well, that dad gets an F. Yeah, yeah no, he, he gets sucks. for yeah. sure an F. For yeah, he's sure. A bad yeah, guy. He's, you know, he's, he's a half a bottle of high karate. I'll, I'll get you later, kid. <laughs> I'll see you never. And a pack of smoke. Hey, kid, here's some Pfizer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that, I mean, in retrospect, that's a really good gift. And honestly, Marshall's been holding out on all of us. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this kid's been protected for years. What if that really was the secret, guys? What if we've been like suffering for 18 months because high karate just isn't around anymore? It's available in the UK. I just looked it up. Um, oh, my I God. I can't even go. We can't even go there can't right go. now. Wow. For a second, I was entertaining your theory there, Brandon, but. But also the UK's fucked, yeah. Squ- yeah. Squ- squashed. <laughs> what if it was uh, responsible for Brexit? <laughs> oh, man. They were like, these mm. guys stink so bad. We got to do something about this. Yo, BJ wears high karate. I Like, let's be real. Or definitely wears yeah, high karate. The boar man. Boar. Uh, you got to call him Bojo if He's you like, it understand. does wonders for my hair. <laughs> Oh wait, it's not. Wait, it's it's cologne. It's not gel. Gosh, it I am. Be both. Hey, hey, it, it I'm out both. of it today. It be both. I'm I'm rusty. All right. Um, this is about. I think this is about time we just do our our, our final notes. Anything we didn't get. Wait. Oh my yeah. god, I have so oh, much I, more I to mean, say. So many. I didn't take. Yeah, any I have a notes. lot of notes. All right, we gotta we gotta Rapid we gotta fire. consolidate. Okay. Right, okay. I, just, okay. I, I want to talk about the fact that the uh, uh, Gilbert went to Halloween party as dennis rodman yes and a a reoccurring gag is that he his glasses are you know he can't see without his glasses but then he comes are are those prescription dennis rodman glasses gotta be also is i was he carrying a beer bottle as part of his costume i think he was (laughs) and i love that they put that in the decom that's incredible to see it um yeah, the Dennis Rodman oh, costume was great. Just briefly want to talk about Bruce. Um, first of all, I think it's really weird that Bruce hangs out with kids. Second yep. of all, um, Bruce says at one point, let's be honest, you're my only customer. And if that's true, how is Bruce maintaining a business? Like, what is Bruce's business model that he can float on Marshall buying a couple <laughs> of monster costumes every year? Like Only fans. It's, yeah. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Or oh, he's like yeah. on Cameo. Feed picks, yeah. Cameo yeah. and OnlyFans. Selling well, underwear also, online. Also, you are forgetting, because we are we live in the, the age of information, you're forgetting that at this time, the only way that you could get niche information was to go to the local curiosity shop and yes. ask the lonely man to open up a tome and read to you a chapter. It was yeah. the only way to get information. Library? I don't know her. I'm going to go see Bruce. I'm going to go to the obscurity shop. Every town famously had a Bruce. They were actually, it was an elected position. <laughs> <laughs> His name wasn't Bruce before this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also like at one point he says, I got to start hanging out with people my own age. And that's like, yeah, that's very obvious, Bruce. Yeah. It's actually fucking weird that you weren't already doing that. Like, <laughs> Salient <laughs> observation, Bruce. Also, he drives a hearse with like 
monster props in the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bruce I mean, needs to go to jail. What else would he drive? You're going to see him in an IROC? Okay, but Gilbert crashing the hearse through the wall was incredible. Cool as yeah. hell. Cool as hell. Glad that happened. And then they beat up henchmen with like an alien bust and they tie him <laughs> up with fake intestines. Yeah. Yeah. I've, okay, one more tangent. Um, I don't understand Kubot at all. I don't understand what his business is with Harold. Maybe I missed like a major plot thing. Why does he want this mummy? What's... Because why no is he willing... Wants, it, it, I think he said no one wants to buy just the sarcophagus they want the body inside yeah okay but they okay, want okay. they well, want the same thing harold and yeah. kuba just, just let him go in there oh why God, is that why are they fighting right. great Wait, point you're so right nobody wants That's to buy a pillar of dust uh, yeah <laughs> but uh, he just has to go in the sarcophagus do whatever that means and then Kubot can take him again so Wait, what is so right what is Kubot's business? Is he? What is his business? He he doesn't seem to be organized crime, but he does have just three men in leather jackets that follow <laughs> him around. Who died? They good. definitely he's died. Good. Yeah, they died. They got crushed by the ceiling. Yeah. No, he's he at one point explains that he like basically deals in stolen artifacts. So basically, he's my enemy as someone who yes. studies ancient stuff. He's my personal mortal enemy. Yeah. He's, um, like the, he's like the guy smuggler. in white collar. Yeah. It's like Hobby Lobby when they bought all that shit from the Taliban. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> you know, he does kind of look. He looks like uh, Jeff Bezos and Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. You know That's who true. he is? You know who that actor is? I only know him as the coach from uh, Not Another Teen Movie. Oh, God he's also it. in the office. <laughs> who is he in the office? Um, they go to a suit company that's a father-son suit company. It's in one of the later seasons, oh, and he's like the okay. dad who's like really hates his son. But anyway, I actually I do remember this. Yes, good stuff. I only have one more note in my book that I need to point out. In the back of one of the scenes, there's a sign that says "Blood Drive Tomorrow." Don't be scared. <laughs> Yes, okay. I thought that was so funny. I really like that. Uh, really briefly want to quote Amy saying, and I'm not wearing a bra, it's a bulletproof vest. Uh, I thought that line was a really interesting choice, followed up by someone saying, you're wearing a bra? Um, yeah, the dorky kid got so horned up that he drove his bike into a bush. <laughs> <laughs> that actually, that's the only thing that, could have been funny. It wasn't actually funny in execution, yeah. but the idea could have was funny. Mm -hmm. It was just such a bonkers line. Like, it was such a reach. It just felt like such a reach to put that in there. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was a really interesting and brave choice by the writers. I really liked that the mummy's favorite song was All By Myself <laughs> by yes. Eric yeah. Carmen, which is a song that I'd never heard of before. Oh, really? Wait, what? Never heard that no, song? never. That never. was definitely, I, I have like a flashbulb memory of that being in one of those compilation CD commercials. Yeah. That they used to have on. Yeah, like, I cannot TV believe you've made it this far without hearing it. Well, it's, it's like, like the whole, the whole song is just that line. Yeah. I remember that episode. Be. I remember that episode of Scrubs where there's a guy who sings the song that everyone's feeling and JD's standing in a room and then the guy sings all by myself. And he tells mm. him to shut up. 
And maybe, then it cuts to commercial. Maybe it just didn't sound familiar because I was watching this movie at 1.75 speed. Don't it also wasn't the original say, version. Don't wanna be. I think the Chipmunks would do a great rendition of that song. Oh, wow. You're right. They would. Don't wanna be. Oh, oh at one point, um, Amy uses an eyeball as a ball gag. Oh, my God. Yeah. Prop um, eyeball. Great An move. eyeball gag. Yeah. <laughs> so that was really good use of resources by a really badass young teen. Oh, you know what? Celine Dion sang that song. Maybe that's the version we're all familiar with. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. I oh, I think there's an older version that's like a little more yeah. recognizable for me. Yeah, I can't um, who it is. the Rachmaninoff version. Whichever one was in this movie is the one that I'm familiar with. That would be the Eric Carmen version. Eric Cartman, right. Uh, no T. Oh, right. Sorry. The- <laughs> 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 that was really good. <laughs> okay, I think, I think that's it. I think it's time to, to rate this movie. Wait, can I say one more gripe? One more gripe. It's with the police in the museum. They're looking for the kids in the mummy. And then they, the kids and the mummy escape in an air vent, and you hear the police go, well, whoever it was, they're gone now. It's the worst police work in the world. That's, that's real GTA police. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's an NPC. Incredible. Okay, great. Um, let's rate this movie. For those of you who don't know, our rating system is very simple. Thumbs up or thumbs down. And I'm going to need somebody else to start because I still don't know which one I'm going to give it. I guess I'll go, go because ahead. I have such a low or no opinion of this movie that it's hard for me to actually give it a thumbs down. <laughs> Whoa, um, what? I think I have to give it a thumbs up because it's a kid's movie. And if I was a kid and I was watching this, I'd be like, yeah, this movie's the shit. Hmm. Um but as an adult, it didn't do anything for me. So, whatever. I don't know. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Spoken like a true thumbs up. Yep. <laughs> uh, Thanks. Go for it. I feel like I brought a lot of like generosity to this movie because I knew it was a decom and because I don't know. I I kind of wanted it to work. Um, I think if I were watching this with the with a, a very ungenerous view, I would give it a thumbs down. But for me, I feel like it could have been so much more offensive than it wound up being. And I thought there were some genuinely well-executed gags, um, some lovely zingers from Amy, um, some really fun visual stuff. So I thought the hospital stuff was really fun. It's going to get a thumbs up for me. Okay. All right, here comes the contrarian. Uh, Yeah, it's a thumbs down for me, just by merit of, like, there's no point of getting him back into the sarcophagus. Uh, It just didn't really do anything for me. So you just want him to be a pillar of dust? It's not that I want him to be a pillar of dust, but it's like, couldn't we get little six-year-old Leonard in there to, like, give us one line of why... The bad, you know, why Patrick Stewart needs the mummy back so, so badly? Or is it just the IRS? <laughs> so, thumbs down. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I'm also making a snap decision. It's good that I went almost last. Uh, I gotta say, from plot-wise, it is garbage from the toilet. and oh, yeah. f- But fun-wise, like, gag and 
uh, just as a relic of another time. Also, very. I was really interested to see the ways they were feeling out decoms. Like it, it very much seems to have sprouted from nowhere and had this form, and it's clearly gone forward. I'm not saying they came up with it, but it just was interesting to observe. I'm, I'm going to go thumbs up. It was fun enough. It was fun enough. It's a thoughtful answer. I've been, con- I've been trying to look at it the exact same way. It's the first decom. It set a precedent. Gary Marsh went out and was like, Disney executive Gary Marsh. And he said, we got we to gotta make movies for kids. We're going to show them on our TV. How's that going to work? <laughs> Can they have guns? Sure. Can they swear? Hmm. No. Can a lady talk about it? Can a teen girl talk about our bra? Yes. Can someone say they're going to open up a vein? Yes. Someone wants to fuck the mummy? Yeah, we're down. <laughs> I, I can't really say I enjoyed watching it. The movie, like, washed over me. Yeah, same. But historically, it's important. Oh, fuck. I don't know. Three. Two, one. Thumbs down. Oh, yeah. I, I, wow. I, I just didn't enjoy watching it. And I know it's important. I know it's important to set up all hundred and something movies that came after it. But I can't in good conscience give it a thumbs up. Listen, buddy. Because I didn't really enjoy watching it. Listen, buddy. If, you, if that was the criteria for me giving a thumbs up to a movie, I would give no thumbs up to any movies. Yeah, but you and I are very different. I remember. I'm Paul Abdul. And we, everyone needs a Paul Abdul. And I'm Zaddy. You're Zaddy. <laughs> You're the Zaddy of the group. But no, I, 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 I feel that it would be unfair to give this a thumbs up when I was tuned out most of the movie. Like I, when I give thumbs up, I, I usually, I like, I'll watch them. Like I'll watch them and I'll say, yeah, they're, I enjoyed them. And the only things I enjoyed from this were like the swings and the misses, like Leonard. Leonard is absolutely a swing and a miss. They put a kid in this movie and he's really bad, but that makes it great. But all, and like all of the sarcastic lines are absolute misses. Um, any attempt at like creating tension is an absolute miss. Um, no, I'm, I, it's a thumbs down. Unfortunately, I wish I could say the first decom was a thumbs up, but it's not. Those are really fair points though, Brandon. Very thoughtful. Thank you. And Tori, thank you for coming on the show. I've, it's, it's been way too long. We should have had you on way before, but I'm glad that you're finally here. Thank you so much for having me. It was really interesting to watch a movie that, for all intents and purposes, is like very offensive towards a field of study adjacent to mine. Uh, <laughs> hey, you, stu- what, you study... What do you study? Uh, it, yeah, ancient Greece and Rome. That's cool. If I, it's pretty awesome. If I felt like I could be an Egyptologist, I would have been definitely. I was obsessed as a child, but yeah. Whoa. So, way to way to be way to get the perfect guest for this movie, Brandon. <laughs> I I just knew. I mean, awesome. I knew Tori would be into this, and I've wanted Tori on here for a long time. If we were uh, talking Tori. like the criteria for thumbs up, thumbs down is like accuracy about Egyptian culture for sure. Then it's a yeah. thumbs up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. big thumbs <laughs> up for sure. <laughs> they they said the eye of Ra. Yeah, thumbs up. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. the hieroglyphics were just like a sun going across the sky. <laughs> I know. Yeah, um, m- mummies know how to play with Nerf guns, right? <laughs> Tori, you're the expert. Yeah, I no mean, guns I think were invented for in sure. Egypt. Yeah, for sure. Koosh balls. 
big in the ancient world in general. <laughs> um, it's like, Tori, mommy, be cool. My mom's is... coming up to the bedroom. Be cool. All right, sorry. I guess I, I guess I like this movie. It made more of an impression on me than I let on. Oh, I understand. <laughs> I mean, just be, but like just because we talk about it doesn't mean that it, that it, we, it deserves a thumbs up. Yeah, it does. This movie was great. I didn't pay attention to it. I think that's why I liked yeah. it. But you said <laughs> washed over you. I felt that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it just like like rain after you were in a swimming pool. It's yep. like it's like movie the movie. It yeah. Just <laughs> these are the things that happen in a movie. Check check. That's every decom though. Plot every check. One. Yeah. Yeah. Well. That's why I feel the way I do about all of them. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Tori, this is the time for plugs. Do you have anything to plug? Uh, I'm on Twitter, um, at Mercury underscore witch. Uh, it's basically a stream of consciousness mini journal of mine. Um, and I think there are links there to some stuff I've written. Um, my other plug is going to be um, taking a bath at the end of a long day. It's <laughs> mm, a good plug. Yeah, no, that's a great plug. It's been a while since I've had a bath, and it's getting cold, so I'm not gonna do it when it gets cold. So I gotta do it again soon. Oh my god, it's so hot here. You're not gonna. It do was it? A, it was a hundred over the weekend. No, I'm a cold bath kind of guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like cold baths. No, hot you bath. gotta get down with the hot bath, Brandon. This but is like, insane. it stops being hot. Like a cold bath isn't gonna stop being cold. That's when you use your toe and make it. You turn the hot on again, and you make it hot again. I, I don't have a shower where the toe can do that. I have to leave. <laughs> I got to like change my whole situation. That's crazy. You like a cold bath. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's crazy. I don't think this is crazy. I think it's, it's not crazy, but it is crazy that Are you, you don't do a hot bath. For the record, I agree with you, Brandon. Do you know what oh, it is? Are you guys, what are you guys training for the Olympics behind our backs? Like revolution. No, when, when I was a kid, uh, my kidney was stolen and put on the black market, and I woke mm. up in an ice bath, and I just have good memories of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Story checks Yeah, whatever takes you back. I think that's it. We're done. That's our show, everybody. Thanks for calling. Good night. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, hold on. Let's let's say things. We're on Instagram at Disney Channel Tipsy Panel. We're on Twitter at Tipsy Panel. We have an email, Disney Channel Tipsy Panel at gmail.com. And we have a Disney Panel hotline. Disney. I don't know if I remember it. Uh, 914-863-1613. Did Hell I get yeah, it? That is did. definitely it. And actu- Whoa, actually, good job, Brandon. we, we got... Um, what is this thing called? A text message. And you're waiting until now to tell me? Yeah. Um, it was uh, from... Well, I shouldn't give the number out on the air. Um, <laughs> uh, just listen to the Starstruck episode. I agree with all your points. An argument in favor of the movie. It's good to watch in the background because of the sunny scenes, upbeat music. Uh, love-hate relationship is way better when you're not fully paying attention to it. Sounds like this movie, actually. Uh, but, <laughs> but then they also texted any recommendations on where to adopt kittens. Oh, Ooh. I mean, if you're in the, where are you in in? the New York area, go to North Shore Animal League. They're, they really are excellent. Um, I adopted... Uh, one of my cats uh, from a place in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, called Muddy Paws, but I don't think the adoption agency goes through there anymore. Unfortunately, I don't know where they operate from. Um, James, where do you have recommendations for adopting kittens? Because I know you know a thing or two about that. 
just adopted one also from North Shore Animal League. So I think they're the biggest one definitely in the tri-state area. Absolutely. Like maybe the country. They have a Billy Joel room. Yep. They have Howard's, a Rachel Ray room. They have a twelve foot Howard Stern poster. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't they don't mess yeah. around. My um, my new kittens from North Carolina. Oh, so that's they nice. actually take animals in from kill shelters around the country. They were telling us. What was, was cool. its like original name? Mia. Mia. Now she's Phoebe. That's good. Sweet. I like that. Tony's original name was Carrie Washington. <laughs> it fits. You should have kept it. I mean that's good, but she's she's a Tony Soprano. She's yeah, she really sassy, is. But also soft. And runs the show. Truly. Seven seasons. All right, that's it. Thanks, our show, everybody. Tune in next time. We'll have another decom for you. Bye. really good i like that oh that's no, no, satisfying no, no, no. it's to save it you you can't put it in there i've just been like pop, pop popping it in little holes good like it's, a, a, it's a whisker yeah yeah sometimes the cat just loses it you don't know how many how much cat detritus i find oh. around the apartment oh. already um funny. nails whiskers nails yeah, they they bite their own nails to trim them, and they're I, not they're not throwing them in the garbage. No, I I guess they're not. We're about yeah. to find teeth. Teeth. Oh yeah, you are. Wow. Yeah, you're gonna find some teeth. Yeah. But are, might, gonna, might are she you gonna just... make them into a little necklace? Yeah, a little gonna collar. Put them, we're gonna put them on her. Yeah. Might she just like accidentally swallow them? As yeah, they most come of out? the time, I think they do. All right, um, Tori, I know you have to work tomorrow, so let's talk about. Um, you know, post-recording. You can stop recording if you haven't already.